so uh 1973 uh i was probably okay sophomore at temple university um and we had a, a music listening room at temple university uh where they had turntables and they had a wide selection of um albums so when i would have a break from classes i would go to this uh listening room and you would you know put on a uh album and put headphones on and I must have heard Springsteen on the radio so I saw the album The Wild the Innocent the East Street Shuffle so I put that on loved it it just was it, it just what he was talking about and the lyrics that it was unlike anything that I had ever heard Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, uh-huh. your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today is one of my new friends. We just had a lovely conversation before we hit record. Mark Tonoff is here. Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, great. Thanks. Uh, nice meeting you, Jesse, and um, looking forward to our conversation this evening. Yes, I am too. So tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, Give us your elevator pitch. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I grew up in Philadelphia. Okay. uh, And I um, became a fan of Bruce Springsteen when I was a student at Temple University. I became, I was a student at Temple uh, starting in um, 1972. So I would say I became aware of Bruce uh, around 1973 mm-hmm. with the uh, Greetings from Asbury Park album. I currently live in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I've been here for about uh, 26 years. So Cherry Hill is uh, across the uh, Delaware River from Philadelphia. It's about a 15-minute drive. Okay. So like Bruce, you have not gone that far out of from your home right as he, as he makes that joke in springsteen on broadway <laughs> this is true yes uh still very close to where i grew up oh great well yeah. speaking of growing up talk to me a little bit what kind of music did your family listen to when you were little were your were your parents very musical uh no not at all no my okay. parents were not musical um I have an older brother. He's three years older than I am. And he was mainly into uh, Motown music. So I heard a lot of that growing up. And, and I was uh, into, I was in, uh, into uh, listening to the local AM radio stations, which was the uh, top 40 music. Sure. And uh, used to go to the local record store and buy a lot of uh, 45 records. What year did you graduate high school, Mark? Uh, I graduated in 1972. All right. So you're about five years older than I am. I graduated in 77. Um, we are a similar era. 
where um, your AM clock radio was, you know, your source of music, right? Mm -hmm. Forget a big hi-fi expensive system, though some of us I'm sure had it, but I, you know, you listen to just, and the AM radio was, it, it played a little bit of everything. Uh And Uh and it, 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 it's, it's, it, I'll be the grumpy old man. It's it in a lot of ways, it was a better time. Um, I love the fact that, you know, if we want to, we can go to E Street Radio and hear nothing but Bruce Springsteen. But there was something about turning on that radio and never knowing what you're going to get. Absolutely. It could be um, Aretha Franklin. It could be the Doors. It could be the Cream. It could be the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. uh, Yeah. And then it could be Paul Revere and the Raiders. It could be Tommy James and the Chantel. Yeah. Just a wide variety. Yeah. And that's just that that's really lovely. Um, So you as you're going into high school, um, what kind of music were you talk about? Like because you said it was in college when you discovered Bruce. How about in high school and going into it? What kind of music were you listening to? Um, started getting um, exposed to, um, I would say, Jackson Brown, uh, Billy Joel, uh, the band Yes, um, yeah. uh, Jethro Tull. Uh, so I started getting exposed. That's when FM radio got started. Uh, Grateful Dead. So I started listening to some of, some of the more progressive music. I would say probably around my senior year in high school. Okay. So you mentioned finding Bruce while you were going to Temple. Can you give me a few more details about how did you discover him and and what about his music spoke to you? Sure. Uh, So uh, 1973, uh, I was probably, okay, sophomore at Temple University um, and we had a, a music listening room at Temple University uh, where they had turntables and they had a wide selection of um, albums. Okay. So when I would have a break from classes, I would go to this uh, listening room and you would you know, put on a uh, album and put headphones on. And I must have heard Springsteen on the radio. So I saw the album, The Wild, The Innocent, The Street Shuffle. So I put that on, loved it. It just was, it just, what he was talking about and the lyrics that it was unlike anything that I had ever heard. So I heard that. And then I started looking to see if Bruce was going to be performing in the area. And that really is what opened me up to going to see Bruce. So it's, um, February 1974, and there was a small club in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, uh, right outside of Philadelphia, north of Philadelphia. It's a uh, club called The Main Point, which was a coffee house, and Bruce did a lot of shows at The Main Point. So it's February 1974, and I talked to my friend, his name is uh, Michael Waldman, And I said, I just found out about this guy, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Let's go to see this concert. So we go to the main point, uh, probably very small club, probably about 150 people there. Uh, And um, went to the concert. I'll never forget Bruce 
wasn't feeling well that night. He said he, was, he had a fever, he wasn't feeling well. And, you know, so he's performing with the E Street Band. And I've, I just, at the, so I'm literally like 10 feet away from the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I just left there and it was, you know, like the uh, old line by John Landale when he says that he, um, he's seen the future of rock and roll. And I felt that there was something that, it was life-altering for me seeing that concert. It, it, I think that's great. And, you know, I'm always jealous of people who who found him early, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, um, you know, I, I have a few friends, uh, local bands here in Dallas that um, I have become, you know, slightly friends with Mm -hmm. and and they are you know so i've kind of helped them watch them grow up never as big as springsteen so it must be really nice to have that experience of spending time with you know in such a a young um you know starting out on small clubs absolutely yeah yeah did um, I always like to preface this, Mark, with um, a caveat that the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, um, mm. because there are people that just have discovered Bruce a couple of years ago and he hadn't been touring, so they've never seen him, or someone who, due to circumstances or where they live, they just don't get a chance to see him very often. Um, but for the record, have you counted how many times you've seen him? And if you have, how many? I'll give you a uh, rough estimate. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of stories. So we could probably talk hours. Uh, over a hundred. Over a hundred. Okay, good. Well, I, I want to hear at least some of the stories, but I know one of them is you mentioned in your, when you signed up, that you sold some t-shirts for a while so tell me this story okay um yeah i was actually looking for the t-shirt that i have um i couldn't find it this evening so um what happened is that uh so i went with my friend uh michael waldman to the main point and then we started going to some uh local shows with my other friend who's also named mike mike hoffman and then we came up with this idea uh, I guess in 90, maybe the summer of 74 that we went uh, and had the t-shirts printed up uh, with the um, greetings from Asbury Park cover on t-shirts. So we went and had them printed up in uh, blue, brown, black, and red. And we would have uh, a box, I think it was uh, 144 at a time. We'd have them printed up for $1.25. And uh, that to my knowledge, which I believe to be true, I believe we, uh, myself and my two friends, Mike and Mike, were the first people ever to sell Bruce Springsteen t-shirts. So we would go before and after concerts in um, shows in the Philadelphia area, the New Jersey area, and we'd stand outside and we would sell these t-shirts. In uh, So it was... Um, 
through 1974 and 1975. And then, you know, even when he started playing bigger venue, when Born to Run came out, uh, we, he would play a, a big arena in Philadelphia called the Spectrum. And I still remember we would sell the t-shirts outside the Spectrum and that there were no official t-shirts. So we were right. just, you know, we were just, and that's what we were doing. Did, did anyone, I mean, was it so just, early in his career that there was no one in the Springsteen camp that went to you guys or said anything? It's interesting you say that, um, that uh, my friend Mike Hoffman told me that he recalled Bruce's manager at the time, who was Mike Appel, yeah. uh, at one of the shows coming out and yelling at us and saying, you guys uh, shouldn't be doing this. So, but there was nothing that that's, I, I didn't even recall that, you know, How funny. But, yeah. And, uh, you think you've got one of the shirts somewhere, huh? Uh, I know I have a shirt here in the house. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is greatness. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I, do you have other memories from that early in it where you'd go to these small venues and like, you know, you're printing up the shirts and, and, you know, and, and did you go and see the show as well? Like you, you sold beforehand. Oh, of course. Went, uh, yeah. we, would, we would go to every show, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. I remember going to, um, before he played the larger venue, um, 19, probably the fall yeah. of 1974, he started playing um, an arena called, a theater called the Tower Theater, which is in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. So, you know, just we'd go there cold night and we'd sell the t-shirts. Uh, I think he actually played there probably like a few shows for New Year's Eve. Right. And we'd go there and it was... Uh, a thrill because we would sell these shirts. We'd each probably make about a hundred dollars profit for the night or more. You know, maybe tickets for the concert were, I don't know, six, seven dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'd feel like, Oh my God, this is incredible. We're seeing the, our favorite singer and band and we're actually making people happy. Yeah, that people were thrilled to be buying the shirts, and we made money. Oh, that's awesome! That that's so funny. Um, did you ever meet Bruce during those early days? Uh, yes, uh, we did meet Bruce. I remember um, nineteen, probably nineteen seventy-five. Uh, that. Bruce was playing a theater um, uh, called the McCarter Theater, which is uh, on the campus of Princeton University. Yeah. And he, the band that night did two shows. And Bruce at that time was traveling around in a tour bus. So it was a summer night between the two shows. I remember Bruce came out and uh, I ended up talking to Bruce for about 15 minutes between the shows, talked to the other people in the band um, and talked to Max. Max had just joined the band, Max and Roy Bitten, and then ended up, uh, you know, going. Uh, that's the only time I ever remember doing two shows in one night. Right. And then going in for the second show. So that's one 
one time. Uh, there are times when I've seen Bruce where I was too nervous to uh, talk to him. Right. <laughs> and I can share with you, you know, some. Please, please go ahead. Things. Yeah. Okay. So um, 2003, I believe okay. 2003 and uh, Bruce and the band are playing Lincoln Financial Field, which is the football stadium for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. They're doing three shows. Um, and the first, first or second show, I did not have tickets to the show. So I'm on a, um, this is early, early days, uh, uh, of the, um, fan boards and right. uh, web, you know, message boards. So I remember, uh, that I connect on a message board with somebody and he said, Oh, I have an extra ticket to the show. And um, I'm staying at the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. I'm coming up from Baltimore with my family. So if you'd like to meet me at the uh, hotel, I'll be at the swimming pool and I'll give you an extra ticket for free to the show. Oh, okay, so, nice. So my wife goes with me and it's only one ticket. So I said, I'll get this ticket and then we'll get another ticket for you because it was easy to get tickets in the parking lot to the show. So yeah. I go the Four Seasons Hotel around uh, 5 36 o'clock in the evening and um, I go to get on the elevator to go to the swimming pool which is at the lower level mm -hmm. and uh, my wife's waiting out in the car and the doors to the elevator open up standing right in front of me by himself on the elevator is Bruce. He had just gotten back from sound check. Oh, how funny. He's, he's back at the hotel and Bruce looks at me. I look at Bruce and I was so dumbfounded. I could yeah. not say anything to him. And then the doors to the elevator closed. <laughs> he was on he, he was on again on the elevator by himself yeah uh yeah i think that's hilarious right if you could have said hey i'm just going to get a ticket for your show uh that is great that is right. so funny yes i'll tell you a funny story so, please so um the next night that uh again we don't have tickets my wife and i don't have tickets to go to the show so i said listen Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to the Four Seasons Hotel uh, because Bruce and the band are staying there and we'll get to talk to them again. So we go to the hotel and there's more security there that night than the, pre the other night. The previous night, we're just able to walk in. This night, there's security and right. they're not letting people into the hotel. Sure. So I, my wife and I, I said, listen, her name's Randy. I said, Randy, let's just act like we are staying at the hotel and let's just walk in. So we walk into the hotel and who do we see in the lobby? Max Weinberg. So I walk up um, to talk to Max and I just say, Max, I'm a really big fan. You know, my wife and I have been big fans for many years and um we'd really like to go oh so i introduced max to my wife and i said this is randy and my wife said you know you're meeting max weinberg so what are you going to say to max weinberg like you know yeah. you know it's an honor to meet you so my wife 
says the funniest thing ever. She looks at Max. He says, oh, nice to meet you, Randy. Randy then says to Max, Max, you look really tired. (laughs) (laughs) And Max then says to Randy, he said, if you've been on tour for two years, you would look really tired too. (laughs) So then I said, Max, listen, we don't have tickets to the show tonight. Is there any way that you know that we can get tickets to the show? Yeah. The show sold out. So he said, listen, uh, no, I don't have any tickets to give to you, but I'm sure that you and Randy are going to get great seats tonight. So seven o'clock, you know, the show is going to be starting at 738 o'clock. We go down to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, go to the ticket window. This is, you know, an hour before the show and they had released more tickets. Now, Max had said, I'm sure you're going to get great tickets. We ended up getting front row seats. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's good. We should, uh, hey, Max, can you say, I think, I'm sure you're going to win the lottery, right? Like, <laughs> if he has a superpower. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, the, um, I always like to ask longtime fans, you know, what was your feeling, Mark, during that dark period, you know? After Tunnel of Love, he breaks the band apart. He moves to California. You know, that 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 dark period that, you know, kind of where he was discovering and doing new things. How did you feel as a fan during that time? Um, I felt upset that, you know, we were that myself and my friends were um just very loyal to the E Street band. And yeah. um, it was upsetting that mm-hmm. they were, you know, we you didn't know if they were ever going to get back together again. Yeah. And I remember seeing, I never, I don't know if they ever toured. I don't know if Bruce, I don't remember if he ever toured with that other band, but I remember, you know, seeing them. I think they were on Saturday Night Live and thinking, you know, they're, they're yeah. good. They're good, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the uh, the same. Yeah. Um, so i i had a f- I had someone on me on the podcast earlier this year, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, I'd like your impression. So he was telling the story. He went to the reunion show, right. you know, around ninety eight, ninety nine, and he said he was standing in the pit, and he said, "Well, this is it." This is, this is, we've gotten him back. Uh, we've gotten the band. This is the best that's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they they may tour every two or three years from now on, kind of a greatest hits tour. But um, this is the height of my Springsteen fandom. And he said, I would love to go back and tell that guy, you know what you got to look forward to? You've got the rising, you have magic, you have wrecking ball, you have him on Broadway, you have him writing an autobiography, you have letter to you. I, you know, so did you have similar feelings during the greatest hits? Like did when you went to that tour? Uh, Yeah, it was, um, it was great. I remember going to Madison square garden. So yeah. I drove up there. It was again uh, just lucky by chance that another mm-hmm. friend of mine uh, had tickets 
had an extra ticket. He was going up with his brother yeah. to the show and drove up to Madison Square Garden. Um, and I'm not sure if that was my first show in the reunion tour, but just seeing that, it, it, it was overwhelming to that that they had gotten back together again, and that um, you know I would be able to continue to do this and see them. Yeah. And it also, um, you know, every time I watched the um, the video, the DVD of the, you know, the uh, live, what is it called? Yeah, live from New York? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just re- reliving that I was there. Yeah. That I was there. And also I was thinking today, uh, you know, that, the, that it's being released, uh, Bruce's uh, show from the No Nukes concert. Right. Okay. I was there. Okay. Uh, I was at one of those shows and, um, you know, just remembering, you know, 1979 going up to, that was a big deal for, you know, for growing up in Philadelphia, uh, that it was, it just Madison square garden going up there. It was such a big deal. And then seeing all those other performers james taylor and carly simon yeah. jack brown and bonnie Raitt, but just still remembering that even even though all of these other performers were amazing and they were and i you know i loved all of them they were all great but just that bruce he was just at another level that when bruce came out to perform that it was just at such a, a high level compared to everyone else that yeah so that was the thing about early bruce i don't know when you first saw him uh when did you first see bruce so i did not see him till 2002 during the rising tour so for various reasons all right i grew up in louisiana uh we uh, i didn't move to dallas to like 86 so uh, one of my regrets is the idea mark right like i lived in lake charles louisiana which is only like three hours from Houston. And, you know, I know the band used to play in Houston during, you know, the middle seventies and was like, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know this band. And, um, and then just when the re- with uh, ghost of Tom Joad tour, I didn't really uh, catch that. I, you know, I didn't, I remember something was going on family wise that conflicted when he came to Dallas for the reunion tour Mm -hmm. and it wasn't till uh, this is uh, I I say this tongue-in-cheek but the reality is you know for the longest time I didn't think that I didn't know you could drive to a different city to watch a show right like if if they don't come to Dallas where would you go what was the idea of driving to it so it wasn't until 2002 when I got to see him Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the point I was going to make is that yes. you know, just just seeing Bruce back in the seventies, uh, uh, that yeah. it was, you know, just uh, it, it's always been great. But there was there was an energy uh, yeah. that uh, have being having experienced that. Uh, you know, again, you know, Bruce is just starting out. That he's not a uh, big star you know born in yeah. Milan, made him a star but you know then born, you know like born in the usa 1984 is what really catapulted him in the super yeah. of them. but just seeing him then and you know just these three hour three and a half hour shows yeah um it, it, 
<laughs> it was uh, for my friends and I, it became uh, an addiction. That's yeah. a good word. I don't know if anybody else has ever said that, but you would get such a high from seeing these shows that <laughs> yeah, when you, when we would leave that there would be such a letdown, like when you went back the net, when you went to your normal life the next day, yeah, it was, it was like, Oh my God, that I want, you just want, you, you couldn't, you wanted to be back at the concert again. Cause it yeah. was, it just, it made you feel so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did um what what what's the furthest you've drove for to see a show or what have you ever gone to Europe? Have you ever done that? Um no, uh it's interesting. The furthest I've ever gone. Yeah. Um let's see. Uh probably uh I can't remember what city it was in Virginia, uh, maybe a four hour drive. Uh, that was probably the furthest that I went. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking. I, I think I have some pictures of the t-shirts. I'm just seeing if I can find one. Okay. And if, and if you do, yeah, uh, you can send it to me and I'll add that when I re when I release the episode. Um G yeah, here's a picture that you, okay. you can see this of the T-shirt. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's great. Uh, please send that to me, and I'll add that to you know the link when uh, when they yeah. send it to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're really they're really neat shirts. They are good looking shirts. Yeah. yeah. Um, did what? You know, it's 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 asking a parent who's their favorite child but do you have favorite tours or are there specific memories you've already told a couple of great stories yeah. from shows do you have other memories or is there a tour that really surprised you or really meant a lot to you uh yeah the uh, tour um i'm not sure <laughs> maybe it was the reunion tour i can't okay or might have been 2003 when he was doing yeah yeah. Well, probably 2003 was playing large stadiums. Maybe the reunion tour. I think he played um, the Meadowlands Arena. I think he did a, maybe 10 shows or a, a, yeah. a lot of shows up there. Um, it must have been 2003 when he was playing Giant Stadium. Yeah. Uh, I think it was then. And I think he did 10 shows there. Right. And I remember that I went with my wife to a few of the shows and then my friend who I started when who I started seeing the shows with Mike Hoffman yeah. uh, so the Meadowlands is about a uh, two-hour drive for us mm -hmm. so we're in southern New Jersey that's northern New Jersey right across from New York and um, we went to every show so yeah. uh, that was incredible just to uh, take on and most of those shows we didn't have tickets for. We would get tickets in the parking lot. Um, it was very easy to get tickets. Uh, yeah. And very cheap. We could sometimes get tickets for $25. Yeah. And just going up there, uh, very confident that we were going to get tickets. Yeah. And um, just night after night, just having the energy 
to go up there uh, just because we couldn't imagine missing it. Right. Uh, oh, uh, let me tell you, there's, yeah, I'm just recalling great stories. Okay. Sure, let please me, go for it. Let me tell you a story. So it, okay. um, when uh, Bruce appeared on the Today Show, oh, it's The Rising. Okay. It's okay. The, okay. The Rising came out. So uh, uh, I don't remember when he appeared on the Today Show. I actually have a picture um, from, from that. Um, okay. So he's appearing on today's show with the uh, E Street Band. Yeah. Uh, live. I, I don't know if you know if you remember this. Uh, live from Asbury Park. The Today Show went to Asbury Park. Yes, I do remember that. Okay. So my wife and I uh, went up to Asbury Park and we stayed at a hotel right across from Convention Hall, where okay. the show was going to take place. And it's the uh, Berkeley Hotel. Have you ever been to Asbury Park? Uh, yes. Um, I was able to go um, the at the end of the river tour when he did that three nights at a Met Life uh, Stadium there where he did two nights in a row, then went and came back and did a third. I was on a second night there. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we go up the night before uh, to... Um, the hotel because okay. they said if you want to get into the show that you need to start lining up um around 4 35 o'clock in the morning since the today show starts at seven if you want to have any yeah. chance of getting into the convention hall so they start lining people up um on the boardwalk uh, but so we go up there with our, with our dog <laughs> it's a pet friendly hotel so we bring our dog up there okay jesse so we get up there, spend the night there, and then we leave our dog in the hotel room. Uh, it's the summertime. It's very hot. It's like, okay, I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell, I remember very clearly. So we leave the dog in the room. We go on the boardwalk, um, and it's 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, and we're waiting, we're waiting, and we don't get into the show. So... Um, but they said, okay, if you sit on the beach, they're going to put a big screen outside and you'll be able to see it. So we watched the show. And then after the Today Show, there's an announcement made that Bruce is going to be doing a rehearsal show for the upcoming tour. So they said, okay, but what you're going to have to do is you have to start lining up outside Convention Hall. There's a an air grassy area outside convention hall starting at nine o'clock in the morning with the um, hope that you're going to be able to get a ticket. So we, it was 99 degrees. So my wife and I, Randy, we line up at nine o'clock in 99 degrees. So we're outside in the heat and our dog is in the hotel room with the air, with the air conditioning on. And uh, we're out there for nine hours. We wait nine hours. There are no trees, nothing, no shade. And uh, finally, at six o'clock, they, uh, they start selling tickets for $20 and they start letting people in. And then we uh, finally get in. We finally, like we're some of the last people that we get tickets to get in. 
and I'll never forget. So we get in there, and the air conditioning in convention hall is not working. So I so I think it was like 115 degrees in convention hall, and finally around uh, seven o'clock, Bruce takes the stage, and he says, "Oh, it, he said it's just like old times, isn't it?" He said, "No air conditioning," and then he did. I think he did a two and a half hour show with the band. And our, so our dog, we had checked on our dog while we were out. One of us went back to the room and, you know, our dog's still in the hotel room. And I'll forget, I'll never forget, my wife's talking to some fans outside. And she said, I'm so worried about my dog. She's in the hotel room. And we met this woman, uh, mother and daughter. And they said to us, you're worried about the dog? The dog's in an air conditioned hotel room. You're out here in 99 degree heat for nine hours. Uh, it was just incredible. I, I can't, I lost you. I can't hear you. Uh, I don't know what, Jesse? How about now? Can you hear yeah, me now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but you, you, your dog needs to walk, right? You know, the, you know, so, yeah, 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 you yeah. had to take her out for a, you know, bio yeah. break. Oh, that is great. That yeah. is so funny. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Um, did you did you ever make it to Broadway? No, I did not make it to Broadway. Uh, I actually had tickets uh, to go. It was uh, three years. I guess it was three years ago. I, I yeah. guess the first run of Broadway was yeah. uh, 2018. Yeah. Uh, and I had tickets to go on my birthday, which is May 25th. Okay. And um, so we've had dogs for a long time so one of our dogs was uh very sick with cancer at that time mm. and we uh, we knew she wasn't going to be around very much longer so we decided it just didn't feel right to go up and go up to the show so i ended up not okay. going not going even though i had tickets mm. you know yeah so you did go to the Broadway show? I did. I got lucky enough to go. Um, my um, someone uh, I had there was someone complaining about that, you know, on a Facebook post that Bruce had forgotten the little man because he was charging so much. And, you know, I got on there and was kind of on my soapbox like, look, you know, the market is what drives the cost, not the artist. I said, and besides, I said, you know, there's just, I'm not going to go and I'm not jealous of someone who does get to go. It, you know, it's the same, pe you know, the same people who are complaining about Bruce are the ones that will go to six shows in a row on Madison Square Garden. Right. And they won't feel any guilt about, oh, well, someone else could have gone. No, they do. And so a, um, a guy reached out to me and said, well, Jesse, why aren't you going to Broadway? I'm like, oh, I can't get a ticket. He said, well, I can get you a ticket. He said, how much can you spend? I'm like, well, I don't know. Let me, let me go talk. And what can you do? And so he gave me a couple options and it was the middle range. It was not inexpensive, but it was, you know, and um, so I had to go have a conversation with my wife and I, had just told the story to another friend you know i um sounds like you and your lovely bride have been together for a while mm -hmm. um you know mark there are questions that your spouse asks you and you 
you have to say yes. Like if my wife says, hey, uh, my sister Mary wants to come, you know, spend the night and us go to dinner together. Is that okay with you? Uh-huh. The answer is yes, right? Right. right. And l- unless you have a specific reason. So I, I went to Linda and I said, I'm going to ask you a question and understand this is where you can say no. What are you talking about? And I spread it out. And she said, well, um, I think this is a once in a lifetime experience for you. Yeah, well, we'll if, if you can figure out how to make it work financially, you know, go for it. And so I did. I was able to fly in the day of the show, went went to the Broadway show and then flew home the next morning. Right. And so, yeah, it was it was pretty special. Uh, great. I'll tell you um, a few other stories. So one is something, something I'll also uh, email to you yeah. that the um, uh, the greetings from Asbury Park album uh, yeah. that I have a uh, I have that album and I have it signed by every member of the E Street Band. Nice. Including, including going to that took a while going to different sure. shows and uh, meeting everyone. So I eventually got everyone to sign it. That's nice. Yeah. That's that's a nice piece of memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a couple a couple other stories. I know that um, yeah. we'll probably have about another 10 minutes left. Yeah. Okay. So here are uh, a few other um, really great memories. So um, uh, Patty Scalfa, she had an album, I don't know if you remember, called 23rd Street Lullaby. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, do you know what year that was? Um, I don't. I could look it up real quick. But anyway, go ahead. I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay. So what happened is I fi- found out that, uh, you can just tell me what year it is if you find out. Okay. So um, I find out that Columbia Records is running a contest. She's doing um, uh a, what's called a, uh, a an artist showcase uh, okay. b- b- before it gets released up in New York City at the um, I think it was called the Hit Factory. It's a recording studio. I think that was the name of it. And yeah, yeah. that they were going to. Um, so what you had to do to um, what they, they they were choosing winners for the contest. You had to answer uh, questions about Patty. Yeah, yeah. there were maybe like six questions so and then you had to email the answers to these questions and where the winner columbia records would contact you so i get a uh, call from uh, someone at columbia records and says mark uh, you're one of the winners oh Uh, and that we're only going to have 50 people come to this uh so what we uh that what we want you to do, if it's okay with you, is uh, bring um, four or five other people with you. That way, we'll make it easier on us. We don't have to call as many oh. people. <laughs> By the way, it was 2004. I know uh, that someone, one of my audience members, is screaming at the recording, going, "It's 2004." But yeah, I just looked it up on Google. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I then end up calling my friend Mike Hoffman. Yeah. And he then says oh okay I'll go so he then says okay I'll come with my wife Anita and then there was another woman named uh, Amy from who lives in in my community who Mm -hmm. I knew was a big fan so I ran into her husband so I said do you think Amy would like to come he goes are you kidding me would Amy like to come yeah Amy then and gets her best friend to come so we drive up in the car 
with them to the show. So we get there and um, they end up doing like an hour and a half show. Uh, Patty and the band, which had uh, Mills Lofgren. It had uh, the drummer was Steve Jordan, who's played. He's actually now the drummer. He's taken over for Charlie Watts and the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's played with a lot of different people. So we then end up, and Bruce is literally like standing right next to us. He's in the, because there are only 50 people there. Yeah, exactly. And, and then Bruce, and you can see videos of this. He then ends up and goes and performs with Patty. Right. Uh, and then they take a break and we think it's over. And then they said, no, uh, you know, since it's all being filmed, uh, we're going to do it again. So <laughs> there's like another hour and a half show. Oh, how fun. Uh, and that we're there, uh, you know, with Bruce uh, and I'm with my friends there. Um, and, you know, just imagine that, I mean, of everyone in the world, there. Yeah. 50, 50 people there. Wow. 50 people there. Um, incredible. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about, I'm trying to remember the other story. Um, uh, it slipped, slipped my mind right That's now. A, um, I, this is great. We're, we're going to have to have a second. We're going to have to have you back because there's so many things I didn't even get to. And this is, I, I'm loving all the stories. Um, are there songs after seeing this many shows you're still chasing? And obviously, you know, I want to hear what you think of Western Stars and Letter to You and those no one has heard live. But are there songs that you still have wanted to see him do live that you have not had a chance to see? Uh, no, I, I can't say that there are there. No, for me, uh, okay. you know, I was just going to say the songs that um i have the most meaning for me um, yes please um i remember the first time that i took my wife to see um springsteen i think that was 1984 again they were okay. playing um i guess it was nine i i I remember was that it was in the Meadowlands. I'm not sure if it was the uh, Meadowlands Arena, which was indoors or Giants okay. Stadium. But we, uh, my wife, uh, was very resistant to going. She didn't really wasn't very familiar with Bruce Springsteen's music. Yeah. We were vacationing at the Jersey Shore, so um, the Jersey. So we were in uh, Sea Isle City, New Jersey, which is right. near the bottom of New Jersey. So we're going on a Saturday night or up to the Meadowlands, which is, it ended up being a four hour drive. Okay. And my wife loves, her favorite thing is the beach. Okay. So uh, on a summer night, I'm taking yeah. her away from the Jersey Shore to go see this guy who she's not really that familiar with. And then we get caught in a traffic jam on the Jersey Turnpike. You know, the famous Jersey. Turnpike. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and she is mad at me and complaining yeah. uh, and angry. So we get to the show and the song that stands out for me was Jungle Land. Right. As soon as she heard the solo of Clarence playing Jungle Land, she was floored. That was it for her. She became a fan instantly. 
And That's awesome. for me, for me, that every time that I would hear Clarence, uh, first of all, I love Bruce's performance on Jungle Land. Yeah. Uh, but every time just hearing the solo that Clarence would do in Jungle Land, that it was always uh, inspirational, moving for me. I never, uh, it, it was always a highlight for me. Another sure. song that I've always loved um, is Racing in the Street. Yeah. Uh, that that song, uh, Racing in the Street and um, the 4th of July Sandy, uh, that uh, those songs, those are way up there for me. Sure. Those are great. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here, but I am going to have you back on again, Mark, because okay. this has been a blast. Yeah. But before I let you go, I got to ask you the Mary question. So mm-hmm. if you are uh, a friend of Mark's or maybe one of his clients um, and you're listening to this and you don't normally listen to the podcast, um, I end every episode with the Mary question. Uh, this came from a guy named Jay Armstrong. He is a honors English teacher, recently retired in the Philadelphia area, and he would always spend um, every school year, he would have his honors English class break down Thunder Road as a poem. They would spend two days. He would look at all the imagery in the uh, poem. He would look at the lyrics, talk about, you know, the themes Bruce is discussing, what other poems are similar And at the end of the two days, he asks his class, does Mary get in the car? So, Mark, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Um, I would have to say yes. Okay. Uh, I would say yes. Um, How could she not? Okay. There you go. (laughs) I I love it. I I don't know what your polling is on that, but... uh, I would sixty forty. About sixty percent uh, say that she gets in the car, but about forty percent says she doesn't. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, okay. I yeah. said you're going to ask me the waves versus waves. No, no, no. In fact, uh-huh. I have a T-shirt on my Set Leslie Bruce Ways uh, website that says the question isn't whether it sways or waves; it's does she get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, Jesse. That's yeah. Great. Um, Mark, um, if someone wants to reach you, are, are you on social media at all? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, I am on Facebook. People can connect with me. Okay. Um, you know, it's Mark Tonoff, T-O-N-O-F-F. Uh, I am on, uh, let me see what my Twitter is. Um, let's see here. Mm, okay, Twitter. Okay. Um, Okay, uh, my Twitter is at Negril Mark. It's N-E-G-R-I-L-M-A-R-K. Okay. Uh, the reason it's Negril Mark is my other passion that my wife has, which I also have too, is um, we went to Jamaica on our honeymoon in 1983. And, okay. Okay. Um, in Jamaica, there is a beautiful part of the island, which is called Negril Beach. Okay. Uh, we went there on our honeymoon. Yeah. And again, we got hooked uh, as soon as we went there. So we've been back to Negril Beach in Jamaica over 60 times. 
Oh, how wonderful. So, yeah. so again, when I get hooked on things, I keep you, doing you do, it. You keep doing that. That is great. Yeah, I keep doing that. So that's why my it's at Negril Mark on uh, Twitter. I'm Very also nice. on LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn, I have a personal, I also have a uh, business account. Uh, I'm a financial advisor. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give us your pitch about your yeah. Uh, website. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, my website is tanofffinancial.com. Um, and what I do, I specialize in retirement income planning. Okay. But I also uh, provide financial services ranging from um, a very knowledgeable about insurance products such as life insurance, disability insurance, long-term okay. care insurance, annuities. So I've been doing this for over 30 years. So what I do is I, you know, the services to provide an analysis for people regarding retirement planning, or you know, people might have questions about different insurance policies that they have. Are they good? Are they? Is there a way to save oh, money? Nice. So you know that, and I have clients throughout the country. Okay. So, um yeah people can find me uh those various ways very good all right mark this was amazing thank you so much for spending time with me tonight um i will um send me the email me a copy of the photo of the shirt Um, i'll include that um you know, and I the think, album and the album. Yeah, the album, album. yeah. We need to bring those shirts back. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm just saying that looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mark, hopefully, I can meet you at a show sometime. Uh, that would be great. We should do this again. We will do this again. I would love to have it. Okay, um, listeners, you please stay safe. Go get vaccinated. Remember to wear your mask. Let's all be good to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. For now, thank you, Mark. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.